Texas Compact. I'm a compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one of the month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. 17, using human resources to create an ethical culture. The evolution of corporate compliance programs document makes clear that the operationalization of a compliance program into an organization should be done at multiple levels in a company. Creating an ethical culture is an important step for any company to burn compliance into the DNA of the business. It must be done at every level of an organization on a continuous basis. However, there are always competing interests, misaligned incentives, and clashing, clashing cultures around this. This was studied in a Harvard Business Journal article, What Can You Do to Improve Ethics at Your Company? There are several issues that the authors identified as major ob obstacles to improving ethical behavior. The first issue was corporate change. Companies can wrap their own ethical climate by pushing, can warp their own ethical climate by pushing too hard from the top too quickly and too frequently. Leaders in the study reported to having to implement staff reduction targets, dispose of big businesses in major markets, and lead mergers and acquisitions. Some of these activities included inherent conflicts of interest, Others simply cause leaders to have to act counter to their values and loyalty, for example. And leaders felt poorly prepared for the dilemmas that they would face going forward. The second was the age-old dilemma of compensation, where incentives tended to drive certain behaviors. Of course, the most recent example of this is Wells Fargo, where an employee compensation was based solely on the number of accounts they opened. Yet such incentive-based behavior is not limited to frontline employees. The problem is the lure of incentive exists in the boardroom, too. Bonus payments and executive share schemes are often based on short-term business metrics. 
which can occasionally run counter to long-term success. Finally, an area which may require a chief compliance officer to think through several difficult calculi are cross-cultural differences. Obviously, some countries have gift-giving cultures, but this is more than simply the gift, the value of a gift to give at Christmas. It involves cultures where gift-giving may be a part of the overall business relationship. So, for instance, closing a sales office in Japan, breaking a verbal promise made during after-work drinks in China, or ignoring a sleeping business partner in a Chinese Arabian deal, excuse me, Saudi Arabian deal, all have cultural and ethical components. Teaching employees to understand what matters in an organization is always critical. This is not simply the written code of conduct, but how things really work. So what are some of the questions you should ask? Well, first of all, how are employees pay? Obviously, a compensation plan is a critical benchmark. If it's based solely on eat what you kill, focusing on the short term, it may presage problems down the road. Two, who gets promoted and why? This is not simply whether the high producer gets promoted, but how those who speak up and raise ethical issues are also treated in the promotion area. Are they subtly or not so subtly discriminated against or held back from promotion? Three, how do employees feel about their organization? So this is beyond really trust across America or other types of analysis. And although it seems straightforward, if your employees are disengaged or worse, ashamed about their company, this could be an ethical time bomb waiting for you to explode. What about initiatives that can improve a corporate ethical climate. While there's some importance in corporate governance documents, such as codes of conduct, policies and procedures, and internal controls, companies became ethical one person at a time, one decision at a time. This means uh, employees need to understand their organizations and their underlying culture. It's because self-awareness enables you to build and strengthen your inner, inner moral compass and your awareness of your organization enables you to identify the forces in your company's culture and processes that could drive you and others to do the wrong thing and the right thing. You also need to have emotional self-control. It takes courage to step away from the crowd and do the right thing. To have such courage, uh, you have to have a not only a speak-up culture, but you have to have a personal network. Or uh, Employees and managers have to have a personal network which acts as an informal sounding board and can highlight options and choices which a leader may not have considered. When making ethical decisions, it's important to recognize that your way isn't the only way, and even mandated choices will have consequences which you must deal with. This is yet another reason for the breaking down of silos in a corporate organization because the challenge most leaders face <clears throat> is they have networks full of people who think and act like them, and they fail to seek out diverse opinions, especially in highly charged situations. So typically they will hunker down with people with similar beliefs and values. Of course, this can lead to particularly dire consequences in cross-cultural environments. Finally, and most, perhaps most intuitively, is speaking up. Here, business leaders must encourage not only a speak-up culture, but one of no retaliation. This is more than simply tones at the top, as, uh, many, as for many employees, senior leadership resides in the form of the direct manager. If you find you need to speak up, there will be a number of choices that you have to make as an employee. 
you talk to the boss? Do you consult with peers? Do you work with advisory functions such as legal compliance or human resources? And can you draw upon your personal network for support and guidance in the right way forward? Ethics and compliance often blend together in the corporate world. It is not just the responsibility of chief compliance officers and compliance practitioners, but also senior managers to support those employees who want to do the right thing. While written protocols are significant in both detection and prevention, one should never lose sight of corporate culture as a way to positively impact your workforce and your company going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first of all, beware of the three obstacles in creating an ethical culture. Corporate change, compensation and incentives, and cross-cultural differences. The second, what really matters in your corporation? Often talk, tell the uh, apocryphal story of a regional manager in an unnamed country who is alleged to have said the following. If I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not be terminated. If I violate the code of conduct and am investigated, oh, let me start up. If I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not be caught. If I violate the code of conduct and am caught, I may or may not be disciplined. If I miss my numbers for two months, I'll be terminated. If that's the culture of your company, uh, every employee will understand that. And it doesn't really matter what your written policies, procedures, and indeed even code of conduct will say. And then finally, the speak-up culture. What is the speak-up culture of your organization? But this is simply beyond having the ability and wherewithal to raise your hand. It also extends to how you're treated after you raise your hand. Are you shunned? Are you retaliated against? Do you not receive promotions? Do you not receive bonuses? Are you um, isolated by your employees? Are you put in an office uh, with the door closed, no computer and no phone, and told to uh, sit there for the whole day? That's an extreme example, but there are examples of that going forward. So a speak-up culture involves more than uh, simply raising your hand. It also involves no retaliation. And finally, a speak-up culture will, of course, improve the operational conduct and performance of your business. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this day 17, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 18 of one month to better compliance through HR. This is Tom Fox again, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Operationalizing Your Compliance Program Through the Use of Your HR Function. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at T-F-O-X, that's T-Fox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.